0: Welcome to another edition of the Hidden Layers Podcast. Today, I'm excited to have another advertising industry veteran here to talk about AI, data, and what's changing in marketing these days. For over 20 years, Azura Ahmed has spearheaded digital and technology efforts revolving around marketing, community building, branding, and promotion across dozens of large brands, all of which you've heard of, including the Walmart uh, campaign, CVS. State Farm, McDonald's, Geico, Mars, and and many, many more. So, we're really lucky to have him here today to talk to us about AI. Uh, Ozer is currently the EVP and Chief Digital Officer at TDB, uh, U- the US DDB US, and he started his career as a designer, which makes him great at bringing a good mix of creative thinking and usability to the traditionally cut and dry technical approaches of what's been going on these days. Prior to joining DDB Chicago in 2011, he worked at the Martin Agency, following time spent at Arnold Worldwide, Draft, FCB, and Townsend. So he's a long-time industry veteran, which it's going to be great to get his feedback on all these things for us. He's led the development of award-winning mobile, web, gaming, experiential, social platforms for all these top-tier clients, some of them including McDonald's Love in the Super Bowl campaign, uh, Capital One's Much Madness campaigns, uh, just to name a few. So big, big campaigns that everyone's seen. So we're really excited to get started today. So thanks for being here, Ozer.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So let's just jump right into it. Can you start by talking to us about how uh, you and your clients been looking at machine learning these days because it's still relatively new but it's been a buzzword for a while and uh we're really interested in in uh, separating sort of the buzz from the reality you know where is machine learning coming into play with the things that you guys are doing today yeah for sure um
1: I'd say it runs the gamut. Uh, some of our clients, like Capital One, you know, have built a service offering uh, around their Eno you know, virtual assistant. Um, but most of them are kind of testing and learning along the way uh, as it pertains to their marketing and advertising. You know, uh, we're internally, you know, as an agency, we're working across kind of geographies, uh, both nationally and globally, to try to figure out how we can scale uh, some of the work. Uh, obviously, it's a quickly sort of growing area. Um, Lots of, uh, you know, glitter (laughs) around certain areas. Uh, And the question, again, is where is the practicality, both within kind of the campaign-based mindset, practically around a lot of the advertisers, while at the same time from a brand building uh, perspective, where are the platforms kind of coming online? And ultimately, where does the voice of the consumer need to intersect with the voice of the brand in a way that doesn't feel intrusive, but can kind of naturally work with these things out there? So, you know, we're seeing it as consumers across the board, but for us as agencies and working with these large brands, um, it's still kind of in
0: a test and learn mode across the board. Yeah, we're seeing, we hear a lot about chatbots and the virtual assistants. You know, how is Capital One feeling about uh, its efforts there? You know, has the NLP uh, come lo- a long way and 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 are they are they are they seeing serious you know gains efficiencies savings, et cetera uh with that technology?
1: yeah, I believe so, you know I think they've been expanding the product for quite a while and it's kind of you know works across different touch points like texting and in app and whatnot so um you know, I applaud them for investing uh and continuing to grow the offering. It's not something that they just kind of wanted to toe dip there, they did certainly invest quite a bit of effort into it. And I think it's definitely showing off those sorts of rewards. You know, I do think in the broader scheme of it, you know, there are a couple of things we look at, you know, in the sense of where AI and ML can kind of help out, you know, whether it's, you know, that piece of conversational AI or in a broader sense of, you know, how recognition and things like that can be fundamentally impacted. But then, you know, again, Everybody's looking at it through different lenses, whether it's performance, sort of optimization, looking at opportunities, or even things like a force multiplier around targeting and personalization and recommendations. I I don't think there's a part of it that isn't going to be AI enhanced in some way. Um, It's just a question of where can they get some of the cost benefit? And and frankly, where is it the most mature to try to get into there? Yeah,
0: yeah. We've seen... um... When we talk about machine learning, we talk about AI. We always have to talk about data. And we've definitely seen financial services organizations uh, be able to take advantage, it seems, earlier uh, with ML and AI because they've been so attuned to performance-type data in their marketing efforts, internally, etc. How do you see uh, a, a broader spectrum of your clients uh, becoming aware of uh, needing better data uh, gathering uh, better better data gathering processes uh, or or better uh, understanding what data they have, making it more available for data analysis, et cetera. How do you see that across a broader swath of brands, especially more of the consumer uh, facing like CPG or retail uh, organizations? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I started off my career in direct marketing, which was very natural, given kind of the data-driven nature of one-to-one sort of communication. I think now we're seeing the scale there where we can really take advantage of sort of that data-driven, data-informed sort of process. Uh, What I'm seeing again, though, is, you know, that diversity in the client. You know, for some, it just continues to be more of a validation and performance assessment rather than a leading indicator. Uh, of some, you know, efforts uh, for the ones that are a little further ahead, it is absolutely important in informing what we do and why we do it. Um, I do think it's worth noting that there's a countercurrent there around InfoSec, you know, I think with privacy and hacking and uh, that kind of coming to light, there is some aversion, especially with some of the larger clients, around just making sure the data is secure and the integrity is is maintained. Um, But given that we can tick that box, you know, we definitely try to apply data enriched sort of thinking to everything. Um, And again, taking that into account that it is kind of a raw material, you know, to your point that, you know, whether it is something that um, is can inform what we do, or, you know, maybe our efforts actually uh, can change the world. uh, In what we're doing, uh, we we do recognize that sort of yin and yang between the cause and effect uh, with data.
0: Yeah, can you can you dig in a little deeper on that, especially with some of your clients that are are brick and mortar as well as online. You know, are you seeing are you seeing efforts to to bring all of that together and use it all in the same way, or how how is the data being being used to affect brand marketing, affect uh, loyalty yeah, yeah. marketing, all those types of things? Sure.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing that comes to mind is you know we have a, a an agency dedicated to the McDonald's business. Uh, we are Unlimited. Um, we did a, an activation with them. Uh, with Mindy Kaling around the fact that, you know, when you look at Google searches, for instance, where, you know, Coke tastes really good, um, that was just a really simple truth. And I think the teams did a great job of being able to take that truth and say, hey, you know what, we don't have to mention McDonald's at all. (laughs) Obviously, the branding is there, the visual recognition is there, um, and kind of the tongue in cheek, uh, you know, um, inference uh, of the fact that when you Google it, you'll get McDonald's. so that was that was great, and I think it was kind of a, a very relevant thing that that obviously got a lot of notoriety at that time. Um, I think if I had to do it all over again, the one thing I would have probably thought about is the quantum effect—the fact that you know when we do the ad, it changes the Google search results as well. Um, so there is <laughs> so that, that that obviously became one of those search results in there. So um, it just gets more and more fun. I think as we start to see this this natural uh, living breathing technology. Um, and again, how we can, as humans, emotional beings, kind of intersect those algorithms uh, to kind of have some fun.
0: So, so actually, how did I mean? Was that just a fun thing that the creative team was searching one day and figured that out, or was was that like a a, a meme that I missed, or how did they figure out that? <laughs> that?
1: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, with with the McDonald's model specifically, you know, we built it around kind of always on intelligence. So there is a actively, you know, the teams weekly uh, sit down and look at the various data signals that are out there, you know, whether it be in pop culture, within the press, within uh, trade publications, uh, all of that is something that is actively pursued and looked at. Um, I don't remember the number exactly offhand, but I know that there were, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of pieces of content um, that we've generated for McDonald's that are all driven through a data lens, um, which is obviously, you know, when you're trying to apply things at that scale, um, it's absolutely vital to hedge your bets and and make sure that we're we're hitting the mark on the majority of the work that we're putting out there.
0: Interesting, interesting. So the team at McDonald's is is doing a little bit of on demand content creation based on social signals. Is that is that am I getting that right?
1: Yeah, so there is a real-time response element of it. That, that particular activation was just taking into effect the, 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 an existing behavior. So that wasn't something that was reactive per se, but just something that was an observed behavior in that case, obviously, based on a search volume. Um, so, again, you know, working with partners and kind of understanding whether it's search behavior, social behaviors, who's clicking on emails or not. Um, being able to kind of be aware of it and then being able to react to it I think is a point that every marketer aspires to get to um, And then in those moments where we see oh my god, like not only can we do something here But we can actually maybe have a catch fire and get the client to believe in being able to do that work I think you know the Mindy Kaling stuff was just a, a confluence of all of those things in the right way uh, Interesting
0: so one of the things that we are talking about in, in, the, in the last couple months has been um, how and why the marketers are spending their money. Okay, so uh, the biggest question that you know we we get asked is um, incremental. Can you bring me incremental uh, revenue, incremental customers, et cetera, um, and you know working on the brand side of things, I know that they're always looking for brand lift, they're always looking to drive sales have how have you how have you seen over the years sort of the r o i of branding campaigns et cetera change um because there's more data available, et cetera
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, there's there's two primary ways that I think we try to help work with that. Uh, you know, incrementalism is absolutely important. Um, I think the boundaries of which you go about evaluating that success is always the the critical piece. Um, there are people within DDB, like Les Bennett, who have been writing kind of industry papers around, you know, brand building versus kind of uh, just on-off sort of campaign windows um, and kind of the, the long-term effects of one way or the other. Um, Excuse me. Um, So what I would say to that end is that we really try to build our relationships based on, uh, you know, that sort of, hey, let's prove it sort of a mindset. So everything we do is kind of a living experiment. You know, I think my personal philosophy is that all marketing, uh, whether or not we want to admit it, is kind of a grand experiment. You know, can we cause something uh, 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 or, you know, can something have a desired effect? So being able to kind of prove it out. Um, And always prove it out. Uh, Treat every sort of a a media investment as that, an investment that has to have some form of a return is the rigor that we apply to everything that we do. Some will be big bets and and some will fail, but again, we'll learn from those. But I kind of always equate it to building that trust and being able to kind of base jump with a client. You know, we may not know, you know, what the next technology is, um, and there's no shortage of different tech out there for us to play with, but, um, Getting the client to understand that, you know, while they may not necessarily like the outcome of every campaign, uh, being able to at least jive with our decision framework of why we chose to do something in that moment is a partnership that we aspire to build with everybody. And I think, you know, for most of our clients, um, we've been able to build that for over the course of several years, which is no
0: small feat. So, but how does, how do you measure success these days I know it's different for every campaign but do you have any examples of how like how does a a, a new messaging or a new approach of things um get measured is it is it the old way of hey we're going to run these ads only in these markets and we're going to you know have a control group and all these kinds of things or or is it something different like social social sharing and things like that
1: yeah so i i'd say the wave of that sort of uh you know engagement metrics kind of came and went you know we're still kind of looking at those just long-term in terms of brand building, but most of I think what we've done, at least on the brand side is, is you know, taking a lot of those existing brand lift sort of studies uh, and looking at them again um, over time. Uh, so, you know, ad recall and all of the favorability, those sort of brand health metrics over time uh, has certainly become more valued rather than just kind of hard and fast click metrics, which again, only capture a small fraction of the people that are actually engaged with the work. So I'd say with a lot of brand building efforts, we've really kind of reverted more to traditional models um, of just uh, is is this actually affecting your awareness unaided and unaided, unaided? and uh, looking at kind of those various research uh, ways, you know, some of which are more digitally than they've been in the past and some of which are very traditional, more focused group based. but. Um, that's absolutely, you know, from the brand building perspective, how we look at it with things like product launches and things that are a little more lower funnel where we're trying to make a, a specific conversion. Absolutely. The usual suspects come out uh, and we build, you know, probably not the level of dashboards that we've built in the past, but definitely building out more robust reporting so we can kind of see things through the funnel. Um, And look at things like conversion and delayed conversion and things like that. Um, Again, uh, where I live now is probably less so than earlier in my career where it was more direct focused. Um, But it is certainly something that we try to hand off that thread uh, and make sure that we're working with media partners to kind of demonstrate um, whatever we can do from a quantification perspective. So that can ultimately be part of what we inform future work based off of. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and getting a little bit more specific back into like the incrementality. You know, we talk to a lot of clients who ask us on the media side, "Hey, we need incremental. We need incremental." And you know, it, 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 when I looked at the the list of clients that you've worked with in the past, one of them that that seems I, I would I would expect really cares about that is a company like a Geico that's built a huge you know media operation. Their messages are everywhere. Everybody knows the taglines. Everybody knows all the different um, sort of mascots they've had. Uh, sure. But but they spend all their money in television. But how do they measure whether they're using their money now in a way that gives them an uh, 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 and actually a new person who wasn't already going to go to Geico because they've already spent all their money on TV, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say with Geico, that was one of the brands that I had the good fortune of kind of really cutting my teeth on understanding how um, narratives uh, really influence the work. You know, uh, a lot of people subconsciously probably can associate with a lot of the work that Geico's done. But, you know, they don't it's not always readily apparent that when you see a caveman, that that's the embodiment of simplicity. It's so simple that a caveman can do it. Um, or when you look at things like, you know, uh, you know the, the cash with the googly eyes, that's hardcore just hitting the financial saving money aspect of it. Um, or when you look at the gecko, it's just kind of the playful nature uh, of, and playing off of the name and the brand building and self-awareness. Um, each one of those embodied a different brand attribute that I think, you know, um, the agency and the client work to kind of bring to life. And with each of them, there was a very specific sort of, uh, I'd say, scientific approach um, to how we're looking to kind of, again, prove things out through character-based narratives um, that, again, are being measured in more uh, the sense of brand understanding um, of the offering. Uh, and, again, that that kind of continued to build the proof that, hey, we can continue to make significant media investments that are, again, very, very tied to the messaging, um, which, again, you know, The better marketers kind of inherently understand that, or the more uh, the 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 less siloed organizations, I should say, um, can really get that that both sides of the brain reconciled in that way. But um, if not, you end up with a lot of either random creative tests, um, or you end up with a lot of just uh, you know creative uh, fodder that just isn't proven out. So I think being able to marry it together in an engine like the one that Geico had built was just uh, amazing to kind of help plug into and, and help enhance that across you know the more digitally se- uh, sort of centric touchpoints, points which was always my purview there
0: yeah and, and with geico although they have had a number of different creatives uh it's it, it, like you said it seems measured scientific what do you think about um the idea that's been promised uh of dynamically created, uh, creative, you know, dynamically (laughs) generated using an AI, uh, and then rapidly, rapidly testing millions of different combinations, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'd say, um, you know, I always go back to, you know, the, there's an emotional part of this, and we have to be user-centered in all of it. I, I'd say there's a part of it that, you know, when you look at things like how Facebook did things like with VCO, uh mm-hmm. when they started to launch it, it's kind of like the, the, the jumbled box of, hey, let's just... Throw everything into there and see what comes back um, and hope that one of them works. Um, And while that's certainly no doubt an efficient way to go about that sort of testing and and Darwinism of survival of the fittest, um, it can be very annoying to end consumers to start to see a lot of things that just aren't relevant in that way. Um, I I also recognize that you don't want to fight the tide. You know, I think that there are certain pieces where algorithmic sort of uh, optimization or generation uh, might be able to go places very quickly, cheaply, efficiently that humans never could. Um, So I think there's a part of it that's a yin and yang that we've got to be able to look at this canvas of algorithmic sort of, uh, you know, generational sort of progressive logic that can build out some of this uh, but it still has to be driven at least from my perspective through a very human centered lens Uh, you know I think we forget that you know algorithms are created by humans as well so we have inherent biases that also feed into it I know I fight with autocorrect every day with a name like Azar Ahmed uh, imagine. so I think you know some of those things are just the reality um, that marketers who again continue to be more risk averse (laughs) have to kind of tread lightly into. Uh, but I think, again, it is embracing it uh, as it gets more and more robust to the point where we can start to really just, just latch onto it. Uh, so again, I'm not, I'm not trying to fight that tide, but I do think we've got to be realistic about how good,
0: you know, good actually is. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about, about that future vision, right? Like you're, you're, your chief digital officer. Hopefully you have some time to sit back and think about where all this technology is going, how is it going to change your agency, the agencies in general, you know, where, where do you see the creative agency in five years? Where do you see the holding companies in five years? Do you see them being much more technology first than they are today? Uh, Or are they always going to be sort of what they are and have been, which is, you know creative services organization, et cetera,
1: yeah, I think um it, again, it'll kind of be each personal you know holding company's philosophy of how they go about it. I do feel good that you know at least within the Omnicom umbrella, we've been much more nimble in the sense of being able to kind of work across boundaries and be able to put together teams uh, of people that you know get it and are kind of expert level. Uh, regardless of kind of, you know, where we sit organizationally within the group. Um, I do think that, you know, technology will continue to become kind of natural uh, in the sense, you know, I remember when I reflect back on my career, like I thought, all right, I'll do this thing and everybody will get computers and I'll have to figure out something else. Um, and here I am now. Um you know, I, I always tell people if I if I would focus too much on the technology, I would have built a CD-ROM practice that would have been out of business 20 years ago.
0: Uh, so
1: right. while I while I think absolutely technology is important, we can't over index on it. You know, I think there's a human emotion and a human truth um, that will need to ultimately rule the day. But I think, again, like an artist is useless without understanding his or her canvas. I think it's the same thing for us now. You know, the canvas is living, breathing, time shifted, uh, geographically diverse, uh, you know, psychologically diverse in ways that I think uh, marketers are still struggling to understand. Um, so, again, uh, working through the granularity of how deep we allow the technology to go and how deep we can let it go, while at the same time still keeping some semblance of a brand that feels like something distinct um, is kind of the area where we're in. So yes, it's more alchemy than science uh, to a certain degree, but I think again, it's continuing to work um, with these platforms and these touch points and the media partners and the tech companies um, with legislation and everything else that's looming to just kind of, you know, uh, go through uh, the proverbial, you know, uh, evolution uh, of, this, of this industry. Uh, you know, I think everybody knows that famous Mike Tyson quote, everybody has a plan until you're punched in the face. We're gonna get punched right. in the face a lot. Um, and we gotta keep continuing to flog through it. Um and again, I think in that way, uh I've learned to really appreciate kind of the messiness within the creative space. Uh because I think what we've got here, as opposed to, you know, the pure technology shops or even the consultancies, um, is the 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 imagination and wonder of people that actually aren't necessarily the, the subject matter experts and therefore don't fall into that box of, hey, we only can do what we've done. You know, it's almost like a child uh, bringing up something and you're like, yeah, you know, why, why can't we do that? <laughs> so um, being able to bring forward that sort of lateral thinking, and, but at the same time, working with these technologies, I think is going to be de-solved for it. And, you know, I, that's why I, I love showing up every day because I can only predict maybe 25% of my day. On any given day, especially on a Monday like today,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, and i've I, I've always I've always thought the technology allowed us all, as uh, from a business perspective, to, uh, if we have time, focus on the core pieces of what our business is really about, and then use technology to accelerate and magnify those things, make us more efficient, allow us to have more time to do things that we're really great at versus the time that we've actually now realize we've been wasting a lot of time on because it's just, it's rote things. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how agencies, especially on the media side of the business, um, figure out how to use technology in that way, you know, figure out what's core and then let technology take care of the rest of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, uh, it, you know, it, it's a current <laughs> that we need to embrace or, or we're going to end up getting drowned in it. Um, but again, yeah, it is, it is being able to apply the basic business lens of how do we drive growth, um, with, with the reality that these things are all here and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we're almost out of time. I always like to end with uh, sort of a g- general question of what's next for you. You know, where, what are you, what are you looking forward to in the next six to 12 months?
1: Yeah I think um every uh, next 6 to 12 months is probably the same as the next 6 to 12 days for me man I, you know I, I I love the fact that um there's always going to be some sort of a challenge for us to do what's never been done before um and and in that way that's kind of me you know as a 12 year old in perpetuity <laughs> so uh you know for me it is about whether it's you know a new business effort or it is um, you know us continuing to work with maybe a new technology, uh, just kind of getting in and playing with it. If you ask my mother what I do, I play <laughs> at work, uh, and and so I, I I love to have that sort of curiosity around what's there. So um as long as i'm doing that i'm happy and I, and i feel confident that you know with all the things that we've got going on and with all the different clients and categories uh that we work with i think that's why people actually that that tend to stick around on the agency side love it because we get to work on candy or groceries or finance uh on any given day and what i love about you know what i do is that it's really technology neutral um, so as opposed to you know having to sell a product that is particular to a certain thing uh, that may have various you know applications and and uh, evolutions uh, you know we can go out and do a billboard if that's all that can be the most effective way to reach people. Uh, I probably wouldn't recommend that without some form of a digital plan. but more and more it's just about, you know, how do we reach the right people at the right spot? Uh, And and that's what I love to do. And that's what I hope to be doing for as long as they'll allow me to do it. Uh,
0: So, so what, what technologies are you playing with these days? What is, uh, what's getting you excited? What new thing have you played around with lately? Yeah, so you know, it's it's
1: a lot around that sort of conversational AI. You know, I I like the fact that you know we've got a lot of these middle tier partners now that are making the barrier to entry much lower. Uh, you know, whether it be RunDEXter or some of these others that allow us to just kind of write once and publish across multiple areas. So we're still trying to crack the nut on that one and and see. Where we can go with utility that again doesn't feel like, hey, and it's brought to you by you know a brand. Right. Um, so trying to trying to find real utility within conversational AI is one that we've been looking quite a bit at. Um, I, I'm really a big fan of NVIDIA and what they're doing with some of the the visual sort of ML in their in their playground. So trying to see where we can go with some of that um, in the sense of uh, you know kind of visual. Uh, interesting things that we can again maybe give to people as part of a brand building effort we're kicking around some ideas just around you know I think what brands generally aren't good at is letting go of the brand and letting people kind of help define that because that's largely how they end up being defined so if we can provide tools and ideas uh, and and almost like play materials for people um, trying to get some brands to bite on that uh, which is no small effort uh that that's part of that piece there um you know i do think there's some interesting things around the content creation area as well um you know the we're, we're looking at a lot of these i know everybody saw that elon musk uh sort of piece where it was the uh authoring uh in a very realistic way and uh where do we kind of go with things like that or copywriting <laughs> uh at scale so we're kind of looking at those and whether they're ready for prime time or we can just kind of look at them and make fun of them through an advertising campaign. We're looking at that too. But, you know, I'd say it's around the usual suspects of AR, um, sort of uh, AI, um, maybe even a little bit of VR if that can get a little more comfortable. We're seeing it become more wireless. So the thought of being able to do some activations there seems kind of fun. Um, but that, that's what I think, you know, we'll probably have at least one or two bites in the next year on that front. So we're trying to go all in with making something viable in that way.
0: Well, that sounds extremely fun. And now I'm jealous of your job. So uh, I hope you have a great rest of the summer. And thank you so much for joining us there. We're really excited to see what TDB U.S does next for its clients. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. And that wraps it up for another podcast edition of Hidden Layers. Thank you all for joining, and we look forward to having you back next time.